Hello. I'm the hotel manager and this gentleman is my partner. We'd like to welcome you. You're one of the lucky ones. You have one of our superior rooms, which means you have a view. Did you read the leaflet? Yes, I did. Very good. Now, the fact that you'll turn into an animal if you fail to fall in love with someone during your stay here is not something that should upset you or get you down. Just think, as an animal, you'll have a second chance to find a companion. But even then, you must be careful. You need to choose a companion that is a similar type of animal to you. A wolf and a penguin could never live together. Nor could a camel and a hippopotamus. That would be absurd. Think about it. I understand this discussion is a little unpleasant for you, but it is my duty to prepare you psychologically for all possible outcomes. Now, have you thought of what animal you'd like to be if you end up alone? Yes, a lobster. Why a lobster? Because lobsters live for over 100 years, are blue-blooded like aristocrats, and stay fertile all their lives. I also like the sea. Very much. I water ski and swim quite well since I was a teenager. I must congratulate you. The first thing most people think of is a dog, which is why the world is full of dogs. Very few people choose an unusual animal, which is why they're endangered. A lobster is an excellent dog. <laughs> I like to watch, Eve. What do you mean, I like to watch? I like to watch. I'm Don Hall. This is Donnie Smith. And this is the I Like to Watch podcast. Sir, how are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah. I don't think I have COVID, so I think well, I'm got, okay. I test. I mean, I tested today, so yeah. There's a new. You know, there's a new strain coming out. That's what I've been reading, and this, what's you know, it, what's it called, Eloise or what's something? No, I don't know. No, I, I, Ellis. Well, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, some, some, something with Ellington. Eat? Ellington. Something, yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Ella Fitzgerald. I have no. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I've just been uh, a little under the weather yesterday and today, but you know, hopefully that will affect that will not affect my excitement for tonight's film which is your pick yes it was my pick please now, before let's, we let's get, get in, in. Before, oh yeah no no no, no. before we get into it fair i enough. believe but, sir you have a little housekeeping oh thank you sleeping housekeeping come back in an hour housekeeping you want towels oh towels need sleepy housekeeping you want men for pillow Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. I do have a little housekeeping. I want to give a little shout out. I want to give a little shout out to some of my rich, very, very, very fucking rich fellow SAG after members who have donated. Now, look, this is a, I haven't seen an update to this article. Um, You know, these people are kind of stepping up to donate to the SAG after foundation for this strike. You got George and Amal Clooney. Uh, the Damons, DiCaprio, Hugh Jackman, Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, I think, was the first one that did it. Mm -hmm. uh, Nicole Kidman, J-Lo, Ben Affleck, Ryan Reynolds, Blake, Blake Lively, Julia Roberts, Schwarzenegger, Meryl Streep, Oprah Winfrey, all given a million dollars. Just like everybody's getting a million dollars from these people 
uh, for the SAG-AFTRA Foundation, which, uh, look, I don't know the ins and outs of how the out-of-work actors tap into this money, uh, partly because I do have a day job and I have no reason to look into how to get the money because I don't need it. Um, but the money is there. Uh, I do know that the foundation does good work for a lot of people, uh, including um, some uh, uh, retirees. Uh, they've got a whole compound up there, I think in the Valley somewhere for, uh, you know, former film actors. Uh, you know, the, it's like a retirement home. You know, it's like a retirement so, home for actors. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. And they and they put on plays. <laughs> I, I well, do, if they don't put on plays, they <laughs> fucking should. You know, um, yeah. I mean, at least the Sunshine Boys every year would be great. But um, every year, every, every year, year yeah. every year. But um, yeah, I just you know just give a shout out. I mean, I've, I've read a lot of like kind of negative uh, shit. Like, um, you know, ta- did did you read about Taylor Sheridan? Uh, kind of coming out against the W. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And look, like, I'm not going to front the guy. He has a fucking empire of TV shows, and apparently he writes them all by himself somehow, which, again, I'm sure it happens. He's made it happen. It's wonderful. Good for him. Um, But that's not the case for everybody. And, you know, to hear about some actors that have really kind of stepped up, because that was kind of my big thing at the, the onset of this strike was... You know when when are the big people the 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 20 million plus paycheck people going to step up to really like you know do right by the union that helped them get here because frankly all of these people on this list were at one point waiting tables bartending um you know so uh, the fact that they are stepping up to actually uh uh put their money where their mouth is for their union is uh, uh really kind of heartwarming for me yeah you know i, yeah, I do notice cool. that tom cruise cool. is not on this list yet uh we will uh, reserve our judgment and give him I would, a chance i would i would make so, the suggestion right. that he's probably contributed but doesn't put his name on it i that's that's possible that's his style yeah. i've heard about the last i heard about him is that he was he approached uh both sides to be a part of the initial talks yeah and what he wanted was to be allowed to continue to promote mission impossible and the all the actors involved to continue to promote mission impossible because the theaters weren't doing well and his big concern obviously with maverick he held maverick for so long uh during covid uh to 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 not let it go to streaming so that it could be in theaters and and do that he's a big proponent of cinema and like I love that. I respect that. You know, he's Christopher Nolan is the same way, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So, like, I respect that a lot. Um, and I also respect, like, when he was talking to the unions, you know, uh, to the union and to uh, Ampetipu, um, he was really fighting for the, the stunt, the stunt people, the stunt players. Yeah, yeah. Which a lot of people don't do. I mean, there's still not an Oscar for best stunt performance, although there is a SAG category for best stunt performance in a feature. So, you know, I, I, I respect it. I just, uh, uh, the big thing that I saw in, in the one article I was reading was uh, SAG-AFTRA, the, the negotiating committee basically said to him like, well, no, we don't want people to be promoting films uh, for uh, 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 uh released features right now. Um, but please come join us on the strike lines and, and we can keep talking and blah, blah, blah. And, and he kind of politely declined. Well, and I, I also think it, yeah, I, I, yeah, I heard that, but also uh, one of the things I read recently is, uh, is that the SAG after is now starting to grant waivers. Oh, 
Yeah, I'm not so, about so, that. So, so basically, they said no, Tom Cruise. We're not going to give you a waiver, but now they're going to give Mark Wahlberg. Well, a it's waiver, a different. Right? Well, hold on. It's, it's like, a different. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a different ask, right? It's it's one ask to say, hey, can we keep our actors out there promoting the films that are in theaters, right? Which is what Tom Cruise specifically that's what was asking. That's what he's specifically asking for. Yeah, the waivers supposedly are for independent features. Okay. And I don't think that there's a budget cap on this. Look, I'm going to full disclosure. The the union members never voted on whether or not we could allow or even have these waivers. It was just something that the negotiating committee kind of came up with unbeknownst to the entire membership. Okay. And uh, what's happening is that there are these independent features out there, and like I've seen budgets as high as twenty or thirty million dollars. Oh yeah, major major stars: Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, uh, I think uh, what's her name who played Catwoman in the the Nolan Batman, Anne Hathaway. Oh, Anne right? Hathaway. There's yeah. these there there are major stars and very large budgets now. I, it's kind of a commentary on where we're at, where $30 million cons- is considered a low-budget feature these days. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Um, but yes, I I don't agree with it. A strike is a strike is a strike. If no, exactly one is, how I feel. no one If no one is going to work, then no one should work, period. That's we it. withhold all of it. My biggest complaint is, okay, it's an independently financed feature. Like we were talking about with uh, Night of the Living Dead, we will probably talk a little bit about that with tonight's feature we will definitely talk about it with uh, next episode's feature um even if you came up with that 30 million dollars uh, on your own if matthew mcconaughey is out there hustling for 30 million dollars or puts his own money in frankly um to finance that feature that's wonderful and great but my sticking point is once that feature is completed it has to be sold to a distributor exactly what fucking distributors are the only independent distributor that I'm aware of right now, and I'm may I'm sure there are other ones, and I'm just I'm not educated enough in distributors at this point. I used to be, but not anymore. The only truly independent distributor that I know right now is A24. Yeah. Everything else is going to be sold well, to but one of the, the bottom, major conglomerates. The bottom line is if if the strike is going to be effective, it means if you are a member of the union, you're not working. It doesn't matter what it doesn't mean you can't do a $17 independent feature if because as soon as you're just like hey I'm it's an independent feature that independent feature is going to be something that the that the studios can utilize in some way to make some money and if the only way the strike works is if the studios cannot make money and if they can't make money and they can't see where they're going to make money except for reality tv then then they have an impetus there is there is a an incentive for them to come back to the table and actually negotiate and if matthew mcconaughey gets a waiver for doing a 30 million dollar independent film then nobody has to fucking follow the strike it's just oh it's just independent okay right the shitty part the shitty part is to independence or not you're still getting a fucking paycheck. Yep. Meanwhile, how many of your brethren are out there fucking, you know, stomping pavement 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And they ain't getting shit. They ain't getting shit. And I, I think I think that's fucked the up. The Rock Dwayne Johnson's million bucks, which isn't I gonna think, go far. Yeah. You know? I think I think it's fucked up. I, I, I think, I don't it is think these waivers should exist at all. I, I, I agree. I shit, completely agree. Everybody go do your homework. It's a lot more nuanced than what we're kind of spitting about right now. But I I uh, as a member of the union, I don't fucking agree with it at all. There you go. And as as not a member of the union, but a supporter of unions. And I would like to see this strike actually accomplish what they're hoping to. Um, I'm not convinced that it's going to happen, but uh, the more the more chinks in that armor, the more waivers they give out, the less likely it's going to succeed. So part of their part of their talking points have been that if these independent uh, producers, let's call them, if the independent producers can agree, the, the way they get a waiver is that the independent producers agree to the terms that are on the table right now that SAG has proposed to Amputable, okay? And that's great in theory. But once we get to the actual signing of the agreement, which at some point, something will happen. I don't- Something this will be signed. This can't, yeah, go on for, this can't go on for 10 years, okay? No, no. It's gonna go on for however long it goes, but it's not gonna be five or 10 years, okay? At some point, there is gonna be an agreement that they sign and that's what they're going to have to agree to. Whatever the independent productions are agreeing to right now, I don't think needs well, to be held to legally once the overall. Yeah, it's not a binding agreement. It's not a binding thing. No. Yeah, it's not a binding thing. So, yeah. Shit. So, and I said as much. I sent a fucking reply. I got the email the other day and I sent a reply and it was just like, bullshit. A strike is a fucking strike is a fucking strike. Now, I don't know if it went to anybody, it could have gone to the ether. You know, I have no idea, but I definitely replied in my SAG email to it. There you go. You got you got bowed up. I'm going to be a parrot if I don't make it. Why don't you become parrots, too? And then we'll all be together. You're a complete idiot picking one of the few animals that can talk when you have a speech impediment. You'll lisp even as an animal. As for you, they'll catch you and put you in a pot of boiling water until you die. And then they'll crack open your claws with a tool, like pliers, and they'll suck out what little flesh you have with their mouths. You're pathetic, both of you. I'm not going to be turned into some animal. I'll come and visit you, though, with my partner, when we're walking together in some park or when we're swimming in the sea or when we're on one of our trips. <laughs> I picked an unusual movie. It is one of it, it's the thing about it is I will say that it is while this is not necessarily um, my favorite uh, Yorgos Lanthimos film. I kind of there are four of his films that are the most popular that I that I kind of they're all on the same level for me. I like to watch them whenever I get a chance. I just I like to watch them. Mm -hmm. but. Of those four, this one was the one that uh, I just went, yeah, this is one I haven't seen in a while. I want to watch this one because it was going to be this or Killing of a Sacred Deer. And I went, you know what? Let's go with this. It is The Lobster. It is your Lanthimos. Here's the quick synopsis. After 11 years of marriage, the wife of David, Colin Farrell, has left him for another nearsighted man. Getting divorced in this bitter cold future is perfectly legal. Being single, however is not. David must go to a remote hotel on the outskirts of the city where he will be given the opportunity to find a partner 
or face losing his humanity. The guests have 45 days to prove that they can find a point of commonality in another person, however banal, and fall in love. If they fail to do so, a murky process that they never explain, a little vaguely explained, is carried out wherein they are transformed into an animal of their choice and released into the wild. Feral chooses the title a lobster, and he says it's because it can live for a century, maintain its fertility, and has blue blood like nobility. Um, and I I love this movie. It's it's super fun. The thing is, I really love Yorgos Lanthimos. I like mm. his aesthetic. It's a very, very specific style. I think he's he's the master of what I would call the banal dread and the Ooh. deadpan satire because he, it, it, he creates these, these bizarre circumstances and everybody in the film behaves as the, as if these bizarre, bizarre circumstances are completely mundane. They're totally normal. This is just how it goes and we're just going to deal with it. And what I think really makes it amazing is because it's also deadpan and it's also ordinary and it's treated like it's just this mundane bullshit. The horror of it is even more horrifying because of that, because nobody reacts. And I'll give you an example. There's a, there's a scene in the movie where uh, David, uh, he sees the woman, this woman who's probably for my taste, probably most attractive woman in this hotel, but she is known to be heartless. Everybody says she has no emotions. And one of the things that, that's not the synopsis is that if you are a member of the hotel at night, you're given a tranquilizer gun, a rifle with like 20 darts, and you have to go out and anybody that is a single that is either trying to escape, you know, they don't really make it clear if it's somebody that's ex escaping or just a single person without a, you know, that's not in the hotel. You have to bag them. You, you tranquilizer gun them. And the every time you catch one, you tranquilize one, you get an extra day on your 45 days. And she, uh, in the beginning, has like 152 days. I mean, she's just, <laughs> she's out there just bagging people on a regular basis. But he decides he's going to, he's going to kind of pretend like he has no emotions so that they will be compatible. And mm -hmm. the way she, the way she tests him is she starts, she, they're in a hot tub and she starts choking on an olive and he does nothing. He doesn't help her. He doesn't, he just sits there and then she pulls the olive out of her mouth and she says, I think we're compatible you know, because mm -hmm. he didn't give a shit if she was going to die again. I, there's so much bizarre shit going on. His brother, Colin Farrell's brother is his dog. Like his brother came to the hotel and was transformed into a dog and it's Bob. Mm -hmm. And at one point, uh, this woman, and they're doing all kinds of like really banal, really sort of boring sex, right? Very funny in that way. And it's I, I think it's very funny to watch people have sex but have zero enjoyment in it. Well, and, and just, she's testing it. And she's specifically this the, the night that you're talking about. That yeah, yeah. She's really, I think she's really testing him yeah. when, they're fuck, when they're fucking because yeah. – she wants to, she wants to see if there's any emotion from him. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, so, yeah, okay. he's, got, he's going he's going at her from behind, and she says, "I want to turn over. I want to see your face. Turn the light on." I mean, you know, uh -huh. she doesn't believe it. Well, right. 
she comes in, he's brushing his teeth and washing his face. And she comes in and tells him, this is what I love about Yorgos. You don't see her do this. She comes in and tells him, I killed your brother. So she, I, I kicked your dog so many times it died. And you, then they do a pan of her and you can see her leg is covered in blood. Uh-huh. And then she turns around and he lets out a little tear and she catches him. Then that, oh, he's got emotion, you know, and, but that, and then they, at some point they show the dog just laying in blood. And it's right. so, again, so simple and deadpan and mundane and sort of matter of fact that the horror of what she's done to this dog is twice as sickening. It's twice as revolting because nobody's reacting to it in, a, in like a human way. Well, let's flash back a little bit. I mean, the way this movie opens, right, is there's a woman, uh, a clearly distraught woman, yeah. uh, dri- driving in a, in a in a in a car in the rain, and it's a it's a close up shot of her uh, uh, just driving. And eventually, she gets she she pulls the car over. She gets out of the car. She walks up. There are three donkeys in a field, and she walks uh-huh. up to one of the donkeys and just like. Like unloads a gun three times, yeah. like pop, yeah. pop, pop, yeah. and the fucking donkey falls over. She gets in the car, drives away, and the camera is just focused on the donkey laying in the field. And then and the other and the, the other, other donkey, donkey kind of walking over to him. Yeah, that third donkey though is a fucking fake. It just it, I yeah I watched the movie there. like two and a half times it, 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 since we uh, talked last. And it, yeah, the other donkey is clearly fake. It just stays yeah. in the middle of the field. But yes, the one falls and then the other one like walks over and just and you have no clue what the fuck that is about. You do have you have no idea. Even as the movie goes on, you have no idea what her relationship to the donkey is right um well, and, and like you it's ever fill in your own yeah you well and that's you, you what's fill really, in your that's own what I'll say. I that's it. what i'll say about about this kind of filmmaking right like this kind of storytelling i should say um it's it it is layered in that way where a lot of different rules we'll say for this kind of dystopian future um uh, the rules are kind of laid out for you as you go right as you go yeah and, yeah and and you know, uh, you can kind of start filling in whatever version of the story you want for that prologue, right? With the woman and the donkey. What was kind of cool for me watching this was like after seeing that, right? And then event. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip around. It's hard to oh yeah, watch. it's one of those people. Like, yeah. At one at one point, um, you know, Colin Farrell, he's in the middle of the woods. I won't get into that yet, but like he's in the middle of the woods, and like you do see a camel. Yeah, wandering in the background. No one acknowledges it, but there's a fucking camel wandering in the woods. There's a giant, beautiful peacock yep. just wandering in the background in the woods. Like, so you do, you start filling and then you learn that his brother, the dog, is the the dog. Brother. yeah. So you do, you start putting all of these things together for, for yourself as you're watching. It's really wonderful storytelling. I just think it's, it's, yeah, I think it's, and and what I, and the four films uh, that Lanthimos has done that I find, uh, uh, you know, they all fill, fill, they all scratch an itch for me, you know? Um, He's done a number of movies, but the the, the four most popular is in 2009, he directed Dog Tooth, which is the weirdest coming of age story about a family living in a compound with grown children that are convinced that they're small children. They've never left the compound until the girl watches a a Rambo videotape and starts wondering what the outside world is like. 
is that the one where they're crazy? Is that the one where there's no there's no set? It's just all taped out on the. No, no, no. That's Dogville. That's Dogville. That's Dogville. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's Dogville, and that's 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 not your ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this is Dogtooth. Then you've got the Lobster 2015. Then you get Killing of a Sacred Deer. That's Mm -hmm. also got Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman, and it's basically that's why I think the the Kidman connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, okay, okay. Sorry. He's in Killing of a Sacred Deer, and uh, and that storyline is is basically this this kid kind of this 17 year old kid gets kind of adopted into his family and at some point he has to i mean and, you know you have to watch the movie but he has to make a, a a choice to murder somebody in his family it's hmm. just fucked up it's fucked up but again with that deadpan complete banal thing and then the last is probably the most emotional but uh very popular the favorite in 2018 right, right. It's you great. know, and that's a really, great really movie. movie. Great movie. And <laughs> what I love about all of his movies, but they're, they're all deadpan satires of something that we all sort of take for granted. And the mm. lobster takes for it's, it's societal. It basically says it. it's a satire of the societal givens about the horrors of being single mm. in, in, in the bliss of coupling. On the other hand, um, once he becomes single, the rules are just as restrictive, you know? It's, right. That's what was that's what was really interesting to I you. Like, love that. Yeah. You know, seeing the the world building at the beginning with this spa, you know? Yeah. Like my question is like, is this the only spa? Are there multiple spas all over the world like this? Like, you know what I mean? And like, I don't need those answers, but that's what's fucking cool about this kind of storytelling, yeah. right? Well, this I can't think be the only one. I'm sure yeah, there are many think, of them all. Well, see, what I what I like again, it's it's the it's one of Yorgos's things is that he never specifies where they're at. And in fact, all they talk about is the city. So this no, city and could they, be any major city anywhere. Well, and that's and, also really fun. And Farrell is 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 uh, Irish. Uh, John C. Riley is American. Wish yeah. is British. British. Uh, what Rachel is Weiss is British? She British, Absolutely. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Le- Lea Sadu is French, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And like that speaks to the financing for this film, right? Um, this was Yorgos's first uh, English language film. It's also an A twenty four. It also, thank God bless, all yeah, way too far. Yeah. But it is, it's like financing some of what I was reading. Like it's financed from like, like a billion different, different seven different countries. Yeah. It's just the I mean, it's, it's, And it's like, you know, one of the interviews I was reading with him where he was like, you know, yeah, when you're from Greece, like you just kind of make movies for yourself and your friends and your little country here. And you hope that people here see it, but probably nobody else is going to see it. So, you know, I got enough kind of notice with the whatever it was. I, maybe it was uh, uh, what was it? The dog, dog. What did you say? Dog, dog tooth. one. Dog tooth. I think he got enough notice with that one with festivals. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. you know he started being approached by people. He got some serious financing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, well, what the fuck? Why not? Like that's why I wanted to make the English language one because it's gonna it's gonna have a far bigger reach. Yeah, you know, and yeah, I think that's really cool. I think that's that's a really cool thing. And look, you don't need to know any of that to enjoy this film. Yeah. But that's it's part fun. of what I like to yeah. read about and think about after the fact is like, oh, yeah. that's why you have all of these people from these different countries coming into this thing. And like, and yeah, what does that speak to about where are they? And what are they doing? Like, what city is it? What forest is that? Like, yeah, yeah it's just it's really it's really cool and really layered. I, yeah, I, I, I 
I love the satire of it. I, I, there are a couple things I'm pointing out that I just, I just, it's one of those movies where it's so deadpan that if you were to walk in the middle of it, you wouldn't know this was a comedy. You oh, just wouldn't no, know because no. it doesn't play like a comedy. I mean, you've got John C. You've got John C. Riley, who there's a rule in the hotel. Oh my God! You can't is. masturbate. You can't masturbate, and he's caught masturbating. And and of all punishments, he has to sit there and put his hand in a toaster while they turn it on and hold his hand in there. And it's like, what the fuck? But what he says, why he says it, you know, he was staring at a picture of a right. woman, a naked woman and a horse. I mean. Jesus Christ. And then Olivia think, Coleman says you should be looking at the horse because that is your future, sir. You know, I mean, I, I, I wonder. I, yeah, I look, I, you know, I think it's I think it's an interesting thing to talk about where, you you know, you say that this you just say that this is a comedy, right? I mean, it's a it makes me laugh. Yeah. Well, it makes me laugh. Well, OK, because well, like, I, mean, I wouldn't like because like there are things in uh, Clockwork Orange that make me laugh. But I would never call that a comedy, right? And I think that that's what's interesting about like when I would have... definitely call that a comedy. Oh my God, you're a that's a man. dark. I love it, well, no, it's a dark <laughs> fucking satire. But the thing about it is, the genre of satire at its surface <laughs> is, I mean, it's darkish. It's too. It's too evoke. But it's but it's a comedic take. <laughs> a very you know, and and what I but the thing about it is, Clockwork Orange. Very very little of it makes me laugh. But I still think it's I still I still think it's a funny well, movie as moments in it for sure. Yeah. But the lobster think about the lobster makes me laugh because I'll give you a couple of examples of things that just I just think are the fucking funniest thing. And there's it's, it's the one of the rules is okay, so if you couple with somebody, I think it's very funny that the reason people couple their their compatibility uh, oh, yeah. are are things like a limp, a nose short-sightedness yeah. you know and and it's kind of a stand-in for our own service level list of body type employment status political affiliation but you see that oh you but would one say of my favorite you, you would say that political affiliation or religious affiliation is is surface level versus absolutely like absolutely anything or any limp? yeah really? well anything that wow. anything that that, okay. that you anything that you can change you know and 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 perhaps uh overcome well, you know, I don't know I that mean, these are things they could change. Like they can't change the fact that she gets nosebleeds all the time. You can't change the fact that you're nearsighted unless you. Yeah, wear but he can. Glasses. He can pretend. Wishaw can pretend he gets nosebleeds. Oh, it's literally point. does. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you no, can yeah. pretend yeah. to have a limp. So it's you know it's one of yeah. those things. But yeah. I, what I think is really funny is like some of the rules. Like okay, so if you couple and then you then you go to a double room for a little while and then um, if you I love this my favorite rule if if you are incompatible you're arguing too much they give you a kid right they give you right. you're arguing too much right. they give you a kid to mitigate that solves it. And, everything and one of my <laughs> favorite talk about like comedy one of my favorite motherfucking moments in the entire movie is when ben wishaw is with the nosebleed girl and they've got the little girl so you you never see them argue but you know that because they've got a little girl they must be arguing you know, there's tension there because they have a little girl. They wouldn't have her anyway. But they bring her over and Colin Farrell's with the emotionless woman. Mm, and they say, mm -hmm. no, say hi to my daughter. And he just kicks her. He, yeah. Colin Farrell just kicks the kid. And I mean, every time Cause I watch now, it, it cause now, now you can up. Now you can limp just like your dad. Exactly. And it's yeah. just so fucking stupid and brutal and funny. Brutal. The, yeah. the, the PSAs, the, the staged PSAs, men eats alone. <laughs>
Oh, those little, those little, those little vignettes. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that yeah. shit is yeah. so stupidly funny. <laughs> I can't stand it. And then while all of this is going on, the music and the cinematography is oh, intentionally, it's off kilter. It is designed. Crazy. I mean, like some of the cinematography I noticed is, is, is there are moments where you have everything is completely out of focus except for one element. And sometimes it's not necessarily the element you're supposed to be looking at, but it's just, you know, and it, it, it seems like there are a lot of shots that are not, uh, I'm not sure what the, they're not parallel to, they're, they're, they're tilted just a little bit, just a little bit. And then the music is this, these jarring strings and stuff like that. And it, it underscores the emotionless performance style and it, it kind of keeps you on edge. You're always on sure. edge in this movie. You know, I, the, I just love everything about this movie. It was, you know, me. watching watching the movie with Mimi was interesting because, like, the music obviously, like, she keys into it. So a lot, oh, yeah. lot of it is strings, right? And she was like, well, "Wait a minute, this is this piece, and wait, this is this piece." And like going back through it, you start to realize. I mean, she realized it, but like, I'm, you know, you put it together. He was really kind of DJing and remixing those. Oh, pieces. that's exactly. But there's what like doing, 15 yeah. seconds of this here, and then there's 20 seconds of this other piece there. But it's mashed into the same scene to uh, 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 evoke um, a kind of emotion or a feeling uh, while you're watching it. Like, yeah. it's great. That's what directors do. It's wonderful. I question sometimes, and you know, everybody talks about Kubrick. Uh, everybody talks about you know Orson Welles, etc. I wonder sometimes, unless we were sitting here with Yorgos, right? I wonder sometimes what was just a happy accident and what was intentional. You know, you talk about something being out of focus or a yeah. shot, and it's just, it could be like a, 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 a two second shot of something. Yeah, yeah, insert, yeah. It's an insert shot or whatever it might be. Exactly. I wonder sometimes what was intentionally shot on the day. Okay. And then what was when you were in post production editing the film and you saw this two second clip of this, whatever it is, and you were like, oh, fuck that. Yes, let's put that in. So I'm not saying that your, your, oh, your, no, I think I'm not saying that your editorial choice was not on purpose. I'm, it clearly was. Yeah. When you were shooting it, what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, did you and, mean to shoot it that way, or it, you just found that it came out that way and you were like, Fuck yeah, it really works. And then how many other things did you kind of fuck up shooting that you were like, yeah, we're gonna scrap all that. It doesn't matter. You know what no, I mean? No, I'm sure I'm sure there's plenty of that. I the, the thing yeah. is, I think I think he's uh not that it matters really, for my enjoyment, no, but I just but I'm yeah, curious. I think he's I think he's a fa like I said, I think he's a fascinating director. Um this is such a very specific sort of uh, there, I, there just not a lot of Filmmakers, I mean, I, I, and I'm, I'm back up, and I'm gonna I'll get into the theater days. A uh, couple of years ago, years ago, uh, Steve Gadlin, and I don't know if you remember Steve Gadlin, but he was the guy that uh, got twenty five thousand dollars on Shark Tank to draw cat figures. I want to draw a cat for you. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. he's a he's an improviser. He used to be a student of mine. He comes to me one day and he says, "Hey, I want you to read this play." Um, and you know, so I open up the play, and it's fucking horrible. I mean, it's like the worst written play I've ever. I mean, I couldn't even get through a page of it. It was like, what the fuck joke is this? So I didn't respond to it. Mm -hmm. So then about a month later, he contacted me. He says, did you read that play? And I said, dude, dude, 
it's I, no, I don't want to hurt your feelings but this is terrible what the fuck is this and he starts laughing he goes all right here's the deal this kid from kid nairobi kenya sees that steve has been direct his you know he's got some comedy shows in chicago he sends him a pitch sort of like the hey i'm a prince you know but, but it's basically <laughs> it's basically i am nairobi's greatest playwright and and for i think at the time they went at two thousand dollars two thousand dollars american i will write you a hit play and steve just thought that was the fucking weirdest thing so he thought on it for a little while so he hits him back and he says i'll tell you what i'm not gonna give you two thousand dollars but i'll give you 50 bucks <laughs> and it has and it has to be about this thing i'm going to tell you what it has to be about which is it's about uh, a character named quack quack Bimby who is celebrating the Jewish holiday of Tu Bishvat, which is like the Arbor Day of Jews. Um, and and his he he has a gay assistant, the wizard Dumbledore. I mean, you know, so Steve is really fucking with this kid, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Kid yeah. writes in this play. Hmm. And, and, and Steve says, that's the play. I want you to direct it. And I mean, it's badly written. I mean, it's like, he'll, he'll have like ellipses that are like, 20 periods long you know and gaps and his stage directions are really clumsy and not written in a stage direction style all that kind of stuff so i got a cast together and i and my direction was you're playing this as if it's fucking shakespeare i mean i don't want i at no point are you to give away it is deadpan shit and this was before 2009 so i, I can say not that i invented it but no it, 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 I, I wasn't influenced by yorgos at the time but it was uh, it, it, it was so ridiculously stupid and so funny that they did it deadpan that it caused Mick Napier, who's the founder of the Annoyance Theater, to say it's the funniest thing he's ever seen on a stage, and it was every night I couldn't stop laughing. And you, you know, you know when you're when you're you know, in a show or you, you're directing a show or working on a show, you see it over and over and over. Eventually, it stops being funny. Right. It never stopped being funny. I cried huh. every fucking show because it was just watching them be so deadpan. And oh. like there, if there was a pause that was like 20 ellipses, they had to count. They had to count slowly while they paused. So the oh. audience, it was just, you know, and and that's when I watched these, uh, especially the lobster, but I I think dog is the same. These this deadpan style, this emotionless delivery surrounded by all this dark chaos is it's just so interesting and there are so i can't think of too many directors that that kind of play this game you know what i mean that, that that really that really capitalize on this i've got great actors i mean we just named some a stacked cast right and all of them all of them i would argue with the exception of john c riley are 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 completely emotionless in the entire film every reaction is a non-reaction and it's right it makes you really focus on the language and it really does make you focus and maybe that's why i wonder if stuff was intentional or not because because the actors are so deadpan you tend to start looking at the background because you already know how you're listening to right. the words right because right. you already know what their reaction is going to be, which is nothing. So you're just listening to the words, but then you start really looking at the world around them. And I that, that's why you see the camel and the peacock is because right. 
you're not paying attention to the charismatic actors on the I mean, you're, you're, you're listening to the dialogue that they're sharing between them, but you yeah, know, it's, it, it becomes everything else that's in the frame yeah, is it's a informing the strategy. Story. Right. I yeah. That's a brilliant no, strategy. I, look, I, you know, you say emotionless. I, you know, I would agree with you. And, and, you know, somebody that I, I would, and I mean, one of my picks later is, is, is very much, um, you know, I, I'm very much reminded of Kubrick. Uh, very much. Yeah. yeah I can um, see that. I can see that. Yeah. Yorgos is, Yorgos is very, he's very observant as a director. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't have, who was the cinematographer? Let me pull it up. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, yeah, another fellow Greek. Yeah, I don't know what else he's shot. Okay, it's probably so, a buddy of his. Yeah, uh, probably right. And they have a yeah, similar you know. kind of vibe. Like, you know, he's very distant. Mm -hmm. At least for this film, I haven't seen the other ones. Okay, so for this film, no, he he's distant in all of them. Yeah, he, yeah, he's an observer of the proceedings, almost as much as we are, except that he's in control of what we as the audience are seeing. Right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I completely so, agree. The only yeah. the only one of Dog Tooth, the Lobster, and Killing of a Sacred Deer all have that very that very deadpan sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. the favorite, the favorite does not have Oh, it has way pan. more joy. The favorite has way more yeah, joy. Yeah, it, it, it has just, way, yeah, yeah, there's a lot more, there's a lot more emotional context, but yeah. it's still just as weird. And I think part of that is because it's based on a true story. I mean. Loosely, sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Loosely, the breakdancing break was, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, you know. But it's, it, yeah. it, it's just, I think that was him saying, I'm gonna do something uh, that I haven't done before, and it yeah. just is fucked up, but it's wonderful, yeah, and it works. And like his upcoming film that you plugged a couple episodes yep. ago, it's on hold for a, a while now, but like, yeah. you know, that that looks to be, um, oh, I'm gonna a, love it, an even greater step than that, yeah. the favorite, you know what I mean, yeah. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Looks, yeah, he's a wonderful director, um, and that's why I say, like, you know, I, you know, I hate to use the word visionary because it seems so kind of fucking cliche, but like, oh yeah, it's know, overused. But, but yeah, but when you don't, ha when you have a lot of generic directors out there, like, yeah, to come across somebody, and thank you for introducing me because this is the first one of his that I've seen. Oh um, no, no, no! I take that back. I did see the favorite first. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but to come across like a visionary director like this. Um, I think it's really fucking cool because you, there's not a lot of them out there. They tend to be foreign directors. Let's be honest with you. Even Kubrick was operating outside of the, he, he moved to fucking England and was like, yeah, he did his own thing, state. man. I'm done with the studios. Fuck you. I'm operating outside of the system. Well, it's like Gilliam. It's like Gilliam. Gilliam. Yeah. 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 I, mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't work with Hollywood. Thing. I'm going to do my own yep. fucking thing. Yeah. Yep. So like, yeah. you know, I, I, I love coming across these kind of directors and especially when I said it earlier, um, world building directors. Yeah. Gilliam is one that we've, we've talked about. We'll continue to talk about, uh, Kubrick is another one. Like it's not just telling you. And as much as this takes place, this, the lobster takes place in what could be quote unquote contemporary society. Um, I would say kind of like uh, some other movies, like it's the not too distant future, you know, yeah, whatever yeah, the yeah. fuck it might be like, it's dystopic, but it, it can also be contemporary. Like this could yeah. happen tomorrow, you know? Yeah. It's, um, it's, and I loved it, it. I thought it was, I thought it was great. That's why I watched it like two and a half times. I thought it was great. Yeah. 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 One of the things, one of the great things film. I remember when I was, when I was directing, uh, I had one of my assistant directors ask me is what, uh, what I thought was the definition of a great director. And this is how I get away from using the term visioner, but I totally understand sure. why you use it. 
Um, what I told her was, I said, I think a good director uh, follows his or her own muse. I mean, it's just you direct what you direct. You, it's your vision. It's not a vision by committee. It's not, you know, it's, this is your vision and, and you're not going to bend from that. That's, that's what, that's what a good director does. A mm. great director just happens to have a good enough taste or taste that is at least compatible with a certain segment of society that enough people see what he or she thinks is funny or interesting or mysterious and they agree with him or her you know and that's what makes the great director and what i love about yorgos is i do think he's a great director because he has a very specific uh aesthetic he's going for and in every right. film it's very very intentional and it's very specific and enough people are starting to enjoy and and really kind of like the intellectualism that he presents on the screen that I think it, 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 it like Kubrick it's I think he is uh, I think he is a great fucking director and I'll watch anything this guy directs yeah well and I should qualify it a little bit you're right you know visionary is a little it's a little too much visionary to me is like um I guess in a way it's like it, it's like Lucas with the original Star Wars. It's, it's yeah. Ridley Scott with uh, Alien, Blade Runner. It's like when you're when you're kind of whole cloth creating uh, a future. In, yeah, in, in yeah. Some way, um, you know, the past we can always reflect on. The present is the present. You know, but uh, yeah, I'll take I'll take back Visionary. But like, yeah, uh, just just a a, a a very creative mind to bring us into his world yeah world like i go back to world building yeah, yeah it is world building yeah. what i would say is i i in picking this and that was one of the reasons i i picked this is in picking this it is my hope that people that listen and you are like intrigued yeah, enough by this film sure. to watch to watch dog tooth to watch yeah. killing of the sacred deer if they haven't seen the favorite to watch the favorite to look forward to his other work because it's just yeah. Yeah. It's just so goddamn different and interesting. And in a world where everything's the same, it's so nice to be confronted with different mm -hmm. and interesting. It's special. I, you know, again, when you brought up, and I'm I'm not going to remember the name of it now because I don't have it pulled up, but the um his net well, I'll just fuck it. I'll pull it up so I can plug it just briefly because it's it's canceled right now anyway. But um Poor Things is the name of the yeah. film. It's it kind was of Frankenstein, sure. at least Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, um looks really fucking I think it looks great. Awesome. Like, it and, looks and, fantastic. And, and, and for the guy who constantly bitches about superhero films, okay, you're right. And um I I I, I the world allows these filmmakers to exist i wish there were more of them i wish they yeah. could do i wish there were more of them that's all i'm not saying the superhero shit has to go anywhere all i'm saying is i wish oh it's going somewhere more. i well i know i've heard you talk it, on it's going somewhere it's going right it. down yeah, the shitter yeah. man yeah that's what i'm seeing but um yeah so for me i want i want more of these kind of original storytellers yeah be given a couple bucks to fucking do something I mean, yeah. these movies can't cost that much. Let's be honest. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, that's they, true. They can't that's cost true. that much. It's pretty so, bare bones. Pretty bare bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just and just uh, just again, you know, to speak to the the writer strike, it's great fucking writing. It really it is, is great writing because oh, the writing is what builds this it, world. Oh, yeah. writing through their dialogue is what we're hearing and seeing on the. They, come on, man. I mean, it's just, it's fucking great. 
It's great. It was a great pick. Um, thank you. Thank you for this. It's, it was a great you love. Assorted drinks, your favorite beverages. Hot coffee. Hot dogs the way you like them. Ice cream smoothly delicious. I went back and forth. I had my Colin Farrell triple feature with uh, Tigerland and In Bruges, which yeah, I used to be a solid not. triple feature with this. That would have been a solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's his first film and like seeing him grow as an actor, you know, I get you could probably do a, a quadruple feature and throw a fucking Batman in there with Penguin. Oh, yeah. Like, he's, yeah. he's a he he's one of those actors that I feel like I'm I'm very jealous of in that way because he's super fucking handsome. And yet he's a he's a character actor he's stuck a character in a leading actor. man's body. He's so although good. in the lobster he clearly I don't that is not a fat suit. He no that's he gave much in some milkshakes. So yeah, God he, bless he got, he got a little chubby and oh, uh, and, and, Love it. and he, and, Love and he doesn't hide it. He doesn't no, hide it at all. No, the scene no, the scene no. the scene in the movie where he where they 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 lock one of his arms behind his oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, mm -hmm. The thing that kills me is I loved, again, the weird justification is we're going to take away one of your arms so that you can understand how much easier it is to live with two, to emphasize oh, couples. The couple oh, I thought, things. I thought it was to take away the take away masturbation. No, 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 no. They say specifically, okay, okay I miss you're, you're going to limit your arm so that you have to deal with one arm so that you can understand that everything is better when you have two uh, okay, to emphasize okay, the okay. couple thing. And okay. watching him in his, in his sort of doughy body that he's, he's cultivated for this film, try to take his fucking pants off <laughs> with it, with his, with his one arm handcuffed to the ass of his pants. It's just a fucking, it's just so, uh as an actor as an actor as an actor who is so good looking who has got those leading men looks it's so unselfconscious he doesn't give a shit this is just Wonderful. so uncomfortable and kind of gross and awful and ah it's so funny what i love is the idea that the next morning he's at breakfast again and i'm i want <laughs> how the fuck did you put the pants back on i know let alone, how did you tuck that shirt back in? How'd you drink? How'd you drink that? It's Amazing. just the fucking funniest thing yeah, ever. So he, yeah. He's, he's, I've been watching him since Tigerland. That was his first movie with Joel Schumacher. And, um, he's just been a phenomenal actor. Like, again, like, I can't even be jealous. It's just, he's just so fucking, he's just funny, so goddamn good. You know? yeah. Um, and then I had another, uh, yeah. fucking whatever. But then the, what I'm settling on is kind of like a, I don't know. It's kind of like a fucked up love situation, or like I'm finding myself, or I'm working I, on. Or I got that. Fuck, I don't know what it I is, but um, no, I got that from your trip. Also because, also because, um, like I said earlier, um, Yorgos does very much remind me of of Kubrick in a lot of ways, with a lot of shots, specifically in the Lobster. So my first pick is uh, 1999's Eyes Wide Shut. Yep. Um, also because of the use of Shostakovich in uh, the Lobster soundtrack and very much so in Eyes Wide. Oh, Run. heavily. Um, yeah, though, I think those two movies would play really well together as a double feature. My third movie, I'm not quite sure of, but I think it could work. Um, 2002's uh, Punch Drunk Love, uh, P.T. Anderson See, it, it works. It works for me because it's one of my favorite films. Right. I love. It's like a, I well, love yeah. It's so funny. I, I showed Punch. God, Mary I love that movie. Had, Mary Lynn had never seen it, so we screened it one night, and I was just like, "I love this movie." Like, I love so funny. When we moved in together, we we shared. 
I th- it was two or three DVDs when we merged our collection, right? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yep. Uh, I had the commercial version. She had the fucking Criterion. She's version. awesome. Okay, yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Um, Blazing Saddles. We of both course. had Blazing Saddles. And then um, she had There Will Be Blood. Oh. I, I had Magnolia. Oh, see, there you go. And I was like, so, okay, so. Some good goddamn choices, my friend. Yeah. I showed her, I showed her, I I don't know, I hate to phrase it that way. We screened Punch Drunk Love together because she had never seen it. She's like, oh, P.T. Anderson, like, that's great. Wait, Adam Sandler in a drama? Like, yeah, fuck, all right, let's see what this is about. And I fucking love that movie. I do too. I love everything about it. I really disliked it because of the, um, the stories, and I don't want to speak for her, but we can maybe get her on to talk about it at some point. But the, the gist I got was it's a story of toxic masculinity and how uh, pretty much every woman in that story is in service of his toxic masculinity. I don't want to get into that discussion with you right now. But yeah, I disagree. You know, I, you know that I come no, no, and I, with that. I went back but, and forth about it too. Yeah, because no, I we don't need that. that movie, she, yeah, um, that here, so it's the use of that the use of the use of music in that film. It's so jarring. The the fucked again the fucked up. I almost called it to the uh, tainted love triple feature. Right? Like, yeah. It's 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 got that same. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's got that same kind of vibe to me. As it's off kilter. I don't well, know why. I did see. I the harmonium maybe. Maybe it's the, the harmonium is, music. I, see, I don't know. I see more connection of Punch Drunk Love and the Lobster than I do Eyes Wide Shut. Although like, I do okay. see the connection with Eyes Wide Shut. Shost, well, and Shostakovich. You know. Yeah, but I but but I see I see Punch Drunk Love is is about desperately. Seeking a partnership, yeah, 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 for sure, partnership, for sure. One of my favorite moments, one of my favorite moments of Punch Drunk Love is when they're in bed and they're, I love you so much, I could beat the fucking shit out of your face. I mean, it's like this kind of stuff, and it's like, yeah, 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 that's Punch Drunk Love right there. That's what I think. I think Eyes Wide Shut has that in terms of in, in in terms of his his kind of like odyssey of seeking. Um, um, okay, that's fair. That's fair. You know what I mean? I mean, that's what the whole movie is, is that night of I'm with this person who's overbearing. I can't fucking stand her, whatever. Like, let me seek this. I have this odyssey now of trying to seek something better. And then I end up coming back to where I started, which kind of is, is, is what's going on a little bit in the lobster, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I can see breaks. That. He breaks out of the place because of the stringent kind of, you got to find a mate, got to find a mate. Yeah. yeah, and he ends up in the fucking woods with these free people and finds a fucking mate. So there was something about it. I, I you know, I, I thought I about it, but I, I didn't. I didn't want to beat no, myself over the head. Trying. I, I love. I think that's a good. I think so. What yeah. order would you watch this? But what order would we watch? This? Um, I would probably do. I would probably do. Oh fuck! Because Eyes Wide Shut is so long. Um. <laughs> that's true it just is it's like two and a half hours long um i would probably do the lobster first punch drunk love and then if you stick around you get eyes wide shut okay there you go all right that's fair sure. yeah that's fair. Fair. my my triple feature i went with uh one i just couldn't avoid uh and but the other sure. one I, i'm not <laughs> sure i don't know if you've seen this charlie kaufman's 2020 i'm thinking of ending no. things Oh no. god damn it! Did you see it? You didn't see it? No, I looked. It's up, okay. I looked up what it's, it's about, and I was like, "Yeah, it's Jesse, oh, dude. It is. It is. It's one of the most. It. This is what I say. It's like it's sort of like okay. Uh, if you like rye whiskey, and you want really good rye whiskey, you're gonna get Whistlepig. 
But if you want to get like the most rye whiskey of all time, like it's the rye whiskey of rye whiskeys, you're going to get piggyback, which is a whiskey product, and it's black. I mean, it's almost black. It's so it's like drinking cinnamon. Sure. I would say if you like Charlie Kaufman, I'm thinking of ending things is the most Charlie Kaufman film he's ever made. It's so Charlie wrote Kaufman. Malkovich, right? He didn't direct yeah. that. That was Spike he Jones. Didn't, no. Spike Jones directed. Yeah, it. Spike. Yeah, no, but this is okay. Okay, okay. But, the, but what I'm thinking yeah. of ending things is what the reason I think it's a good companion is Jesse Buckley. Again, this is the first time I'd ever seen Jesse Buckley, and I went, Jesus Christ, she's brilliant. Um, Jesse Plemons, really good. Yeah. And they yeah. are a couple. Yeah. They're a couple. They're in a car, in a road trip, in a snowstorm, and she's having an existential crisis where they're they're a couple, but she doesn't think they should be a couple. And you see that tension in this car trip because a good third of the movie is they're just in the fucking car. They get to his house, his parents, his parents' house, played by J.K. Simmons and Tony Collette. Then you have then you just have this series of scenes where. The parents age or get younger and the situations at one point she's terminal and the dad's dead. And then it, it, and it's just this sort of and quite frankly, and, and you know, it's it, oh, what it's I not J.K. Simmons, David Fulis. Oh, OK. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Sorry. Right. I, I, I'm no, right. Just, my brain, just, my brain. No, no, no. But anyway, okay. you're absolutely right. But so the good. thing I think is most amazing and and. I, you haven't seen it, so I feel bad. I, I don't feel that bad because it's no. I mean, don't. I kind of. I'll watch it, but you know. yeah. But but the, the, the thing about it is, I, I, I'm not. I, I, let me put it this way: I'm not gonna. I don't think I'm gonna give you too much to know that this movie is an internal monologue mm -hmm. that is not hers. Okay, she is not the narrator of a story she's narrating that's all i want to say it's so well and you know weird and wonderful and i bawled like a baby at the end of this thing and that's going to bring me back to the lobster a little bit something yeah. i was thinking about the last time i was watching it right where you have you have your co-star right who's narrating the film mm -hmm. from the very beginning exactly and at the very end of the film the last one of the last image the, the last image of the film is pharaoh with the knife by his eye right well, he leaves the, the last. He's going to blind himself. He leaves. The last image is her sitting by herself. Okay. So wondering if he's going to come back. It's well, fucking cool. Well, and I think because of the device of her being the narrator from the beginning of the film, the only reason she knows all of that pre-story about him is because they do end up together at the end of the film. Now, whether or not he is blinded or not is kind of beside the point. See, that, and they that's when end up at the together at the well, end of the film. Well, they, that, that, for me, and for yeah. me, they don't. But I, but that's oh. what I but that's what I love it. Is I think I. I what do you what do you think he happens? No, I think, think he happens? fucking split. I think he split. He was a coward oh. to begin with. He's not gonna blind himself. He's not gonna blind no, himself. No, I don't think he's, he's gonna, gonna blind himself. Her, he's gonna like you said, there hold on. and just no. get out of hold town, on. man. Like you said, I think he can pretend to be blind in order to be with her. But, you know, I think that's a possibility. But uh, that, you know what I'm again, I love it. That's I love it. what I love about it is, is no. that she's narrating yeah. his story. He's seen yeah. the main character, but she's the main character. And yeah. in uh, yeah. I'm thinking of ending Sorry. things. Jesse Buckley seems sure. to be. The main character, it's it's the opposite. She's narrating the film, mm -hmm. but he's it's really her. It, her 
she's a she's a fictional she's a figment of his mind it's really kind of what it works out and then the second second one is of course again back to yorgos killing of a sacred deer um because it is it is it's it's that same sort of deadpan because that's the thing that i'm thinking about anything is everything's very very deadpan um Mm. but killing of a sacred deer is got the same thing but it's much darker And very specific, and the ending is one of the most devastating endings oh, God. that I've seen in a film for a lot of reasons. And, I'm gonna, and then that's when I'm not going to spoil it all because I really think no, you should watch don't. it because it's so fucking good. And I would watch it in the order that I would watch it is I would mm. watch it, Killing of a Sacred Deer first. Wow. Because the protagonist is in a couple okay. and has a family. Mm-hmm. And, and without getting the ending, things don't go well. Um, then I would go to, I'm thinking of ending things because it is about effectively in its own way about a breakup. It's really about a breakup and the lost love. Mm -hmm. And then I would go to the lobster because he's already lost his love. And now he's wondering if he wants to be turned into a lobster, (laughs) be coupled or be single and, and, and short-sighted, you know, I mean, it's just like that, that's the order I would watch this. It takes you on this fucking weird ass journey. I don't know if you read this or not anywhere, but one of the original endings that they were thinking about early, Yorgos was thinking about early on, never even really got into the script stage, according to the one interview I read the movie would have ended kind of like we had the opening with the woman shooting the donkey who we know nothing about, whatever the movie would have ended with a woman and a man eating a lobster. And we could have that his, his intention, his, his intention was, his intention was that it was Colin Farrell's ex wife her new husband right Eating. but you wouldn't but you wouldn't know that it wouldn't be yeah. explicitly stated yeah no and of course still- he was like that's not how i it was very early on and that's not obviously how the movie ends but no but it would be a very funny it's a very it's a very what, funny ending yeah those bookends would have been brilliant but it would have been no. pretty nice yeah, yeah. Oh, knowing yeah. that that's a possibility yeah. makes me laugh oh, yeah 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 it's good okay. so yeah okay. So I think, uh, yeah, this was. Uh, I, I was it. very happy to pick this movie, and uh, right. and I'm glad That's we. Great. I'm glad we watched it. I, I was, yeah. you know, I watched you watched it. The thing is, usually I just watch our movies once. Yeah. I did actually watch this twice, just because I enjoy uh-huh. it. So uh-huh. I just, I've I've watched all of his films. I just, I just love the music over and over. I loved the. Yeah. I loved. I loved the music. I wanted to see more of what was going on in the background um this like we were talking about the script i can hear i can hear them with the dialogue i can hear them telling the story i wanted to watch more of the visuals of it um no it was a great it was a great find uh not find but uh yeah great to be introduced to to a new piece and i think that's partly what we hope to do for other people with this it's not just that you and i like to watch it it's that we like to watch it and hope you watch it too because yeah yeah this was it was great and so thank you for introducing it to me it was there you wonderful. go and once wonderful. once again we're not doing trailers in solidarity nope. with nope, uh donnie, donnie's brethren um until the strikes are over although although i will say that i saw meg yeah. too and it was it was stupid fun okay also in solidarity i am sticking with uh independent films yes so uh my next pick is going to be a film from 1996 written by John Favreau 
directed by Doug Lyman, starring John Favreau, Vince Vaughn, Ron Livingston, Swingers. Yep. I typed it before you said it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cry. Oh. Well, see, that'll be fun. That'll be a lot of fun. What a great I movie. love this movie. I saw yeah, so this movie fun. when I was working with you on The Wicked and the Sext. Yeah. Uh, before going down to Illinois State. Um, this movie is like, I mean, you know, like it's fun. geisty. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Fu- it's fun. It is infinitely quotable. Oh yeah. Um it just, you know, it's before Favreau blew up and got amazingly fucking rich and famous. Yeah. And it's before John Fav or Vince Vaughn got sad jowls. So, you know, I think yeah. it'll be a fun one to talk about. I love this film. Uh yeah. Can't wait. Can't pick. wait. All right. That is I like to watch episode 46. Word. All right. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll uh, watch The Lobster. And if you do, go online and uh, and say something about, uh, you know, like say, hey, thank you for introducing me to Yorgos. What the fuck? Why not? See you at the movies, people. <laughs> <laughs>